Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to If We Get to Say. I am your host, Stephen Ogle, and with me, as always, is my lovely wife and co-host, Jessica Carter Ogle. Hello, everyone. Experimenting with space between words. I know this. It's <laughs> different. I thought maybe you were confused on who you were. I no, because I didn't be like I'm Ron Burgundy. Like I didn't give you a question mark at the end. I, I wasn't questioning. I was just testing out some stuff. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Good how, times. Yeah. How's everyone out there today? Yep. Pause, pause for responses. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Yep. You I, could do a weird pause, but you couldn't give me like a two-second pause for someone's response. And the and oh my golly, <laughs> ruined as usual. <laughs> um, yeah. So, man, what an interesting week this has been yeah. as we close out the month of July. We are recording on the thirty-first. Yeah. Um, so, how how's your day been? How was your um, Monday? I spent. Uh, my day uh, working to the soundtrack of the movie Interstellar because uh, we're not going to talk about it on this episode, but we went to see Oppenheimer and the soundtrack for Oppenheimer reminded me a lot of the soundtrack of Interstellar. And since I don't have Oppenheimer, I started listening to Interstellar and I probably listened to that soundtrack all the way through about three, maybe four times today. I just I love it. It's fantastic. It's all it's it's all very mellow stuff. There's no drums really in it or anything like that. It's just a lot of piano and and voice notes from cellos and stuff like that. Very cool. Uh, jealous. I work in an office where we see patients, and so we have you know the office radio overhead, and we kind of use it instead of like white noise machines. So it's yeah. So I'm stuck listening to whatever's on unless I have my door closed, which I did not do today. Um, but yeah, surprisingly good Monday. I felt like I was productive. I got a lot done. I had to go to Target to get laundry detergent, you guys. And <laughs> first of all, Target, if you're listening, why the heck are your coupons only for like in-store or like shipping or deliver or pickup? Like you guys don't ever have good coupons for people who order things via delivery to their home. And it's a darn shame. That's a, that's a problem I have. Um, I, I can tell you easily why that they is. They want me to go into the store and browse and buy other things. Exactly. Guess what? You have a better chance of me browsing and buying things online, and I'm not the only one. Asked and answered. Point, counterpoint. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm more likely to buy something online from Target than I am to buy it in store. Don't I know it. So I had to buy the laundry detergent because there was a $3 coupon, which is pretty good, right? So we get like the big containers. We only have to buy it like once a year. That's like 149 ounces or something. And so when I got there, I was like, oh my gosh, there's one that's like 180 ounces. Who knew this even existed? So I lugged it off the shelf. I scanned it in my app and it was like, offer saved. This will work. So then I was in line for about like 10 minutes doing self-checkout. Well, the coupon wouldn't load. So it was probably only five minutes because Stephen says I can't tell time, air quotes. <laughs> but nonetheless, it took forever, involved three representatives. Whoa, three. Yes. And like, I'm like, it says 113 ounces or more. This is what I have. There's no restrictions. And the one lady finally comes over and looks at the girl like, we'll just put, give her $3 off. And I'm thinking, well, where has this woman been the whole time? Because that's the woman that gets stuff done at Target in Livonia. Wow. Anyway, I was Man. late for my lunch hour. I forgot to buy my cold brew on the way out from Starbucks because it was just a ruckus. And I know. And I still have stuff to do after this podcast this evening. So it is just like. It's a Monday. Being me is just something. Closing out July with a bang. Yeah. Sounds like. Yeah. 
Yep. And a um, belated happy birthday to one of our yes. most loyal listeners, Miss Kelly Lou Cash. Yeah. Woohoo. Happy birthday. Her happy birthday, birthday Calvert. <laughs> happy birthday, Calvert. <laughs> Hope that was great. Yep. Yeah. So yep. what's new with us, <sighs> Stephen? Well, um, this week uh, went great. Until Wednesday at about 7.30. Wednesday at about 7.30, I noticed some issues with our modem and router. And I was like, all right, I need to reboot because we're getting some freeze problems. So I was like, all right, I'm going to reboot it. And I rebooted it. And then it never came back up. And I found out within like 10 minutes that, that Comcast had an outage. Well, I think you need to back up a little bit. Anyone in the southeastern Michigan area knows we had a huge storm come through on Wednesday. This is like the first time in meteorologists' recent history where they said, there's going to be a big storm that hits at 4 o'clock. And I kid you not, at 4 o'clock, it was like someone turned on a monsoon. And the rain was sideways outside and the wind was blowing and our chairs were scattered everywhere in the backyard. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So yeah. that really kicked off. But like that. It, see, that's not the part I remember because I, I yeah, it looked like a monsoon, but like nothing happened during that time. Not here, no. Nothing well, happened. Well, you said your power flickered. I, yeah, I guess the and power we flickered, flickered at f- work. The lights flickered a few times. I I guess that happened, yeah. Um but uh yeah, so when I rebooted the modem and router, it didn't like the modem and router I, I'm an IT guy, so I do it the way it's the way we do it at work. So shut off the modem and router. You pull the modem up first. Once it's fully connected to the internet, then you pull up the router and let it uh, connect to the modem. And then your Wi-Fi will come up, and you won't have any uh, problems where it'll foobar itself. So I'm waiting for the modem to connect to the internet, and it would not connect to and the we internet. We literally just finished streaming uh, Secret Evasion. No, Ted Lasso, wasn't it? Uh, no, we, yeah, yeah, because we finished, uh, Secret Evasion and then watched an episode of Ted Lasso. We finished the, fu- did we watch the finale for Ted Lasso? Uh, yes. Yeah. So we watched the finale and, <laughs> and then she went upstairs to do something and I noticed on my phone that, because c- we have two Wi-Fis, we have, uh, Wi-Fi for five gigs and for, uh, 2.5 gigs and I noticed my phone was connected to 2.5 gigs, and I never have it connected to that. And so I was like, all right, that's weird. So our 5 gig connection was down. So I was like, all right, I'm going to reboot everything. So I reboot everything. Nothing comes up. And then I look at Comcast uh, on the app, and they tell me I, we have an outage. Yep. I'm like, great. So we have an outage. We have an outage at 7.45. And I normally watch wrestling on Wednesdays at 8 o'clock. And... It, you know, it's it's AEW Dynamite. It's the only thing I watch live generally during the week. That's true. Um, yeah. And so I was, you know, looking forward to it. And uh, no cable. No cable. So you and I had a few drinks and sat yeah. there and talked and listened to some vinyl. And, well, I kind of... And did a good, you know, had a good night. And then... Well, I kind of forgot the internet was down because I was upstairs doing all these plans of like cleaning out drawers and all this stuff I wanted to do while you're watching wrestling. And I'm at 810. I yelled down the stairs like, hey, where's your wrestling? And you're like, power's out. So I came down. We had a couple drinks, like you said. Well, the power wasn't out. Oh, but sorry. The, the cable internet's mo- out. Yeah. The internet was out. The power didn't go out until 1130. 
uh, when we were about to decide to go to bed, which is yeah. oddly weird that we were both up that late at night. Yeah, very um, not normal for us. Generally, I'm watching TV in bed at that point, but we didn't have TV to watch because the internet was down. Now, we could have watched a Blu-ray or something like that, but we were just, like I said, hanging out, listening to vinyl and, and talking and having some drinks. And then at 1130, our power went completely dead. Ugh. And we, I mean, there was tons of outages around the area. There were trees down, wires down, like. Yes. All kinds of stuff going on. And, oh my gosh. And the storm had just came through, so it was humid and it was hot. Yes. So when we went to bed that night and we woke up the next morning, I was like sweating upstairs. Yeah. When you, if anyone knows how a colonial house works, like it is warmer upstairs. Yeah. The heat goes up there. Um, so yeah, so we woke up Thursday to no power. No, sir. Um, and our phones, we didn't get a chance to charge because we don't charge our phones till we go to bed. Oh, my phone. I usually charge it, but when we went to bed, I was at 30%, which is not even like, or 25%, which is not normal for me. Yeah. Uh, my work phone, which I have to use in order to connect for VPN and stuff like that. And I use it to take calls, obviously, uh, that bad boy on Thursday morning was sitting at about 60%. So I was like, all right, cool. I got a couple of meetings, but this thing's going to die quick. And then my work computer, I came downstairs when the power went out. I came down and turned it off, turned off my Mac yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And, and my, I was like, all right, so conserve as much battery as possible because I don't know when power's coming back on. And those were Thursday and Friday are my remote working days. So I was like, yeah. you better believe I am not going into the office on days I don't have to. So I'm sitting in my car in the driveway to charge my phone so I can use my phone's hotspot on my laptop so I can work remotely. And so I was like, I'll just take a drive around. And I went to downtown Plymouth and got a Starbucks and picked my friend up who had no power and couldn't get into her garage because she doesn't have a door or window or anything. Yeah. So she couldn't unhook it like we did to get my car out. Drove her to Starbucks, came home, and I'm like, and Com or DTE kept saying, okay, you're going to get your power back Thursday, which was that day, or Saturday at the latest. Well, then it turned into Friday or Sunday at the latest. Yeah. And we we slept in our basement Thursday night. We're, yep, we slept down here in the studio. My mom, you know, my mom said, I thought you guys had an air mattress. And I was like, yeah, how would we have blown it up? And she said, well, with your battery-operated air pump. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yep, yep. So instead, we slept on the futon couch in our basement. I mean, granted, I... It, I just wasn't thinking. I was so hot. The thing is, is that sleeping on our futon in the base, futon couch in the basement was a better option than trying to sleep on an air mattress in the family room where Soph would have been running back and no, forth. No, we would have put it down here. I mean, yeah, but it would have taken up all the room. It wouldn't have been worth it. It so, would have been much more comfortable. I literally couldn't lay on my back because I didn't have room for my left arm on the bed <laughs> and it would have to hang down. So I'd have to clasp my hands together because when I laid on my side, the seam of the couch was digging into my hip and my back was only... <laughs> Was only more comfortable because I have more cushion on my butt than I do my hip. Mm -mm. But I did put my plugs in, so I didn't hear the sofa all night. Oh, boy. Sofa was up probably 20 times Thursday night. And confused. If, if I told her if I told her once to, to go to bed, I told her a dozen times. It, well, it she drove me nuts. I and, like when you tell me when you wake up and she's just right there staring at you like nose to nose almost. Couple times, couple <laughs> times she came right over to me because we're at eye level, so she's yeah. confused on why we're sleeping eye level. 
Um, but yeah, she'd, she'd just get real close to me. And then like, I'd wake up cause I could feel her. I'm like, go to bed. And she'd go to bed and twist around about seven times and then lay down. And then I don't know, 20 minutes later, she'd wake up again and walk across the room. I'm like, Oh my gosh, girl, you got it. You're driving me nuts. I would say we we're, I was glad my parents did not lose power. Obviously for them, they were actually camping, but my brother was there watching the dogs and, um, we were able to go there Thursday to finish our work day and charge our laptops and charge our phone and get my dad's yep. external phone charger. So we were good to go for Friday. Um, and then Friday, like we went out and Steve, well, Steven went out, got some ice and we just packed ice into our freezer to not lose stuff. Like we had some meat in there that was good, but I had ice cream that was melted and a couple p- other things. I think we were very lucky. Everyone I've talked to has lost a lot of stuff in their fridge and freezer. And yeah. we very rarely opened ours, period. And I didn't have to throw anything out but ice cream and a couple other things. I mean, that helps. It's only two of us. We knew not to open the refrigerator, you know. And we don't often, we don't, like, pack our fridge and freezer with stuff. We meal prep. We usually have food for week to week. Yeah, and that's the thing. You had just meal prepped a couple of days prior, or like a day prior to the power going out. So we had all fresh new food, and it was like, oh, boy. But I was planning on going grocery shopping Thursday, which was perfect because it went out Wednesday, and I I didn't have like a freezer and fridge full of fresh vegetables and meat and stuff. Yeah, so. But that was crazy, and it was funny because like I had a very like, this is 40 situation (laughs) well steven and me so if any of you have seen the movie this is 40 you know it's awful it (laughs) is stupid and it doesn't have anything to do with like being 40 and i told steven i was like i'm gonna write my own this is 40 movie if they want something realistic it's basically like a this is 40 slash progressive commercial as you guys know i have my copyright on my progressive commercials so my you probably shouldn't call it a progressive commercial (laughs) if you have a copyright on it my copyright on my progressive commercials. <laughs> so my five five uh, factors into the this is 40. One is when your husband brings back the garbage can and says that it smells really bad and sets it next to the house and sprays it with Lysol continually during the day. <laughs> so apparently we're people who spray our garbage cans with Lysol. Also, yep. I caught him standing outside with his hips on his, with his hands on his hips and not just his hands, but like his fists on his hips, looking out yonders, as he would say, to a giant tree that came down in our neighbor's yard, just being like, huh, huh, I hope that's not the power line that came down with for the whole neighborhood. <laughs> I did say that. Yes, it's you very did. bizarre, but yes, I said that. So another thing. <laughs> If any of you have a ring doorbell, they have neighborhood groups, which is like basically just like another stupid social media thing for people to post. But as you guys know, I am the unofficial president of the neighborhood watch over here. And in part of my tasks in that is to really have my ear to the window, the screen, if you will, to hear the happenings (laughs) in the neighborhood. Oh, God. And I overheard my one neighbor say that she was talking to like a workman for DTE in the area. And he said, well, you guys didn't technically lose power with the storm. There was a grid issue. And so we had to shut you down while we figure it out, which is frustrating because I know that stuff happens, but DTE was so non-transparent during this whole thing. And just 
they just were not great and it was frustrating i would i know if you've got to work on the grid you got to shut it down but just tell us that don't pretend that it was the storm but here here's the thing about that like we didn't have a way to watch the news we also didn't have a radio to listen to the news so maybe they put it out there and we didn't see it i got a battery you know boom box in my amazon cart right now for these things so the moral of the story is i made my first neighborhood ring doorbell post Oh boy. On the Ring Doorbell social you media. Read, you got to read that for us? So now I know that I am officially 40 because I posted, and normally I make fun of all of these people's posts. Oh, because, we made fun of them all day Friday. Yeah, because they're just so ridiculous. They just kept rolling in, man. Yes. Like the, like the dumbest people, like saying things like, does anybody know when the power is going to come back on? It's like, bro, right. like, go. Go to DT's, DT's website. It says Sunday. It yeah. says Saturday. It says yeah. Friday, depending upon what area you're in. Like They might not have been like transparent, but they did leave like their... It was generally like 48 hours from the time in which you were looking at the site is what it told you it would be up in. Yeah, basically. So regardless of what day it was, if you were looking Thursday, it said Saturday. If you were looking Friday, it said Sunday. Yeah. So... She's, I don't know. She's she's uh I was trying to find my post, but I don't know. Oh. I entitled it Outage on Purpose? Question <laughs> mark. And then I said where we were located and I said how our power hadn't been on and just said I just heard we technically didn't lose power from the storm, but the DTE purposefully shut us down to figure out a supposed issue within our grid. Anyone hear anything similar? And this post blew up, y'all. So now I'm that person. I'm struggling to see how I feel about that. Yeah. So those are three things. Number four is that Steven tweaked his knee real bad last week and couldn't work out after work with me. <laughs> but after about 12 <laughs> hours, it was like it never happened. I have I have no so explanation. Apparently just walking up the stairs is enough for us these days, which aligns with number five, which is me getting a crick in my neck about every third <laughs> Tuesday for no reason. <laughs> So, and tomorrow, Judd Apatow, t- if you want to, <laughs> if you want to make a real This Is Forty movie, I got some plot points for you right here that's going to carry your story to the finish line. And tomorrow being uh, a Tuesday, I think that might be the third Tuesday oh, since no. you've had a neck problem. Oh no! So, uh, you got you this, folks. This, no, you folks are first... you folks are listening now, and I think she oh, might have no. a crick in her neck already. Don't don't speak it into existence. So anyway. <laughs> That's what's been going on with us. I'm busy writing my progressive commercials and my this is 41 movie just for copyright purposes. Wow. I want the Apatows to come and get me. Yeah. So yeah. anywho. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh. Oh, go ahead. No, you go right ahead. I was going to say another thing I heard while I had my ear to the screen. Yeah. Which gets us to our next topic about the strikes as you know your favorite podcast will always keep you updated on the happenings in the strikes yes and the newest strike or strike possibility was ups yes now they wanted their part-time workers and their lower level workers to be getting a better pay equal or close to you know full-time workers and stuff and they were going to go on strike but i guess they reached an agreement so we were like oh that's great 
But when I saw a UPS driver in the neighborhood talking to the same woman who had just told us, well, us, I say loosely, she didn't know I was listening, told our (laughs) other neighbor about the power outage, he, she said something like, you know, congratulations on, you know, winning and not having to strike and stuff. And he's like, yeah, it's great. But the more I, the more and more we hear about it and more like stuff that's coming up, I'm feel like it's going to get voted down. So I guess I'm naive that, and I thought when they posted, yeah, that it was all set. So who knows? I yeah. don't know. And and they had posted that they had raised everybody's minimum wage to twenty one dollars an hour. Which, for those of you that don't know about UPS drivers, um, part timers minimum wage is sixteen dollars an hour, while everybody else that's full time gets more than that. So if you're working part time and you're working next to a full-time person, the full-time person will get $21 an hour, and the part-time person will get $16 an hour. Uh, I think it's more than 21 It might be more than 21 I think that's part of the problem. Maybe, maybe it's like they make like close to like 28 or yeah, $30 like that, an hour or something like that. But somebody who works part-time only gets $16 an hour because they're part-time. Uh, that's insane. Yeah. That is absolutely insane. For the same work. For the same work, same experience, yeah. same years on the job, I want to go down to being, you know, part-time. They they cut the pay. Like, that's insane. Yes, that's, it is. That is crazy, cutting your hourly pay. If they want to cut your, you, you get your, your overall pay is cut when you're working part-time exactly. versus full-time. So why in the world are they cutting the hourly yeah. pay as well? Like, that's insane. Um, that's well, nuts. I'm hoping that it sticks. I'm hoping it doesn't get voted down and, you know. We're with you guys. So I don't I don't necessarily have a specific update about the writers and actors yeah, strike because things haven't changed. Yeah. But I pay attention to the Instagram community, Twitter community, Facebook a little bit, not as much because I spend more of my time on Instagram and Twitter when it comes to these things because most of these writers put a lot more stuff on those two platforms. Um, and I saw something that just... I saw some things that blew my mind, and that was that people complaining that these writers want to make more money uh, when they write for a show for eight weeks and say their check for eight weeks is $40,000. And then people are saying, well, why are you complaining? You're making $40,000 in eight weeks. There's a lot of things that factor into this, like they live in L.A. or New York, which is extremely expensive. And if, you li- if you're if you making $40,000 a year and you live in L.A. or New York, you're poor. And you can't do your job in other cities. No. Like, that's it. You can't raise a family on forty grand. Um, there, You get no residuals, so in between jobs, you're not getting anything for it. I mean, there's nothing steady in that field anyway, and yeah. I feel like... I don't care if they made a hundred thousand. If they're actually owed three hundred thousand, and they should be getting three hundred thousand, then that's what they should be getting. And and the thing is, it is, doesn't matter about the number to me. It's the equity and the fairness. The thing is, is that what I saw several writers responding to these type of comments was, is that look, here's the deal: we get paid to be in the writers' room for eight weeks, and we get a set amount. We get a residual because when it starts airing, like, and with the new contracts, they will have streaming involved. But prior to that, when it starts airing on television, they get a residual check for every time it airs. And that helps them 
have some money come in while they try to find another job. Mm -hmm. Because if they don't find another job, that's the only money they get that year. Yeah. That's insane when you try to live in that environment. The other thing is, is that if they don't get the residual, it goes straight to the executives. Right. I mean, and in a, who the heck in their right mind supports that corporate greed? And in a large, large number of scenarios, it goes to the executives anyways, because these contracts are, because we're a PC podcast, I won't say it, but they're screwed up. Yeah. Very badly. And they're very top heavy, these contracts. Well, another thing too, and I don't know if you're going to say this, so I apologize if so, but they're not W-2 employees. They're 1099 contracted employees. So yes, yes they get 40000 but from that, they, first of all, like in this day and age, come on people, like it's, that's tough in their environment, but they have to pay taxes out of that. If they've got like an agent or any kind of things like that, they've got to pay out of that. So living in that environment, in that world... At the end of the day, it's about what they're owed. They are owed. They are owed to be compensated for their work. And the funniest thing is they're not even asking for a lot. No, they're not. They're they're they're, they're asking, asking for what they're owed and nothing more. They're asking for a reasonable amount. Oh, my God. My dog is stretching right now and her paw was on my leg. And literally, I can see all of her fingernail marks in a hole on my leg. Sorry, everyone. So that was painful. So the thing is, is that um, they are striking based on the last 15 years of residuals that have come in and where that money has gone, which yeah. has mostly gone to the executives in which executives give themselves a $25 million bonus. Give yourself a $25 million bonus. The writers are literally asking for 2%. Yeah, my brain can't even comprehend that, to be honest with you. They're literally asking for 2%. But here's a funny comment that I saw uh, one of the writers say. Uh, her, na- uh, her name on Twitter is uh, Andrea Junker. Um, I'm sure Junker is probably not her real last name, but I don't know. We're not getting into that. I mean, it, might uh, it might be, I guess. I need someone to explain to me why it's, quote, if you can't pay rent, buy fewer lattes and avocado toasts, end quote, and not if you can't pay your employees a living wage, buy fewer yachts, rockets, and spacecraft. Excellent question. End quote. Explain it to me like I'm in kindergarten. Excellent question. Yeah, I I, I agree. Because in it, this country, we revere celebrities we reveal revere people with wealth and things like that and these billionaires and millionaires and we act like for some reason that they are so much better because they have this money when at the end of the day like they're just like us and worse yep so here's another fun quote that's not necessarily rider strike related but it is in the wealth side of things millennials hold four point 4.8% of the of all wealth. There are now 40-year-old millennials. At the same age, Gen X had 9% of wealth and boomers had 21%. The largest generation in history did what the system told them to do and became the most educated in history, and now they are the poorest in history. But I'll just stop buying avocado toast, and that should change everything. Yeah, like, man, I, ju- I, I just read these things, and I was just like, you got to be kidding me. Like, it's crazy. It's just crazy to think of what we would be like in our parents' time. Yeah. Like, anyway, yeah, well, 
I support UPS, WGA, SAG. Good luck, guys. Yep. Get it done. Get yep. what you get what you got. All right. It's time. Man, we're gonna have to figure out some sort of like sound bite to throw in there for album anniversary. I guess what I did wasn't good enough. All right. I'll it's gotta be it. something. We'll, we'll, we'll put our heads something that pops. We'll put our heads together. Um, there's not that many this week. So wah, wah. Yeah, could have dropped something like that. But they're exciting. Oh, are they? Yes. I don't even know what they are. The 59th year anniversary of a good old-fashioned single by Roy Orbison, Oh Pretty Woman. Oh, excellent song. Uh, I mean, wow. Every time I think, this is not about the song, but every time I think of Roy Orbison, I think of a Golden Girls episode. <laughs> um, if you guys recall, Roy Orbison always wore thick black framed glasses. Yeah. And there was an episode where Sophia lost her glasses or ordered new ones, and they were supposed to come in old lady smoky gray, but they came in black. <laughs> so she had these thick black frames on, and Dorothy walks into the kitchen without missing a beat, and she's like, ladies and gentlemen, Roy Orbison. <laughs> It's just hilarious. <laughs> so every time I hear that, I hear that. Yeah. Also, I am a brown-eyed girl, so that's the song rings true for me. Yeah. Uh, one of one of the best uh, rock songs of our time, man. Yeah, excellent. Uh, fantastic. We don't normally do a single anniversary. Wow, this is no, a real treat for everyone. Because it came out by itself, 1964, wow. August of 1964. I couldn't find a specific date. All I found was August of 1964, so I thought we're starting August. We'll start off with that. But the thing is, is like it just came out as a single by itself. Cool. And I think that's really cool that a song 59 years old didn't come out with an album, came out by itself and it still holds up yeah. as being one of the, one of the greatest rock radio songs of all time yeah so very iconic song um we talk about on this podcast a band called norma jean at least i mostly pop talk about we is a gracious um, term in 2002 21 years old now 22 years old now sorry um actually no that would be 21 years old bless the martyr and kiss the child by norma jean uh, that album I have on a double vinyl. It is amazing. Um, very heavy. And uh, it kind of changed the way I listened to metal music and the type of metal mu music that I listened to because it was different from everything else. Um, very, very groundbreaking in, in the metal scene. Nice. Um, and Ricky and I went and saw them when they were uh, touring during this time, which was really cool. We got to I see. I thought that's who you missed. Who did you? What concert did you miss? Uh, Fit for a King. What are you talking about? You missed a concert Ricky had to go to without you. Oh, I don't know when that was, but I'm talking about seeing Norma Jean. I thought that was a Norma Jean concert. That's why I was confused. Uh, I mean, I missed the Norma Jean concert back when I, I was sick back yeah. in this February of this year, but I'm talking 20 years ago. Oh, okay. That's what confused me because I was like, you missed the Norma Jean concert. <laughs> Wow. I hope you didn't confuse all our listeners listening, but uh, I was talking about 20 years ago well, seeing them during the time this album came out. All right. Well, um, you act like I committed a sin over here. I, I apologize. I mean, you weren't following. I apologize. So, so I was weird. following. I was confused. <laughs> you know what? Keep well, moving. Sorry about that, folks. Oh, um, but yeah, gosh. so I uh, saw them down at uh, St. Andrews. Mm. Really cool. Really cool. Why. Back when they didn't uh, close the balcony or make you pay extra to get in the balcony. Very cool. Nice. Um, 
Uh, another band that I, I listen to a lot, Jess doesn't listen to, uh, but they're called Emery. Uh, their second album, The Question, came out, which was a really cool uh, album in which uh, the question is, is where were you when? And the then World the s- Stopped Turning by Alan Jackson. <laughs> Jesus Christ, woman. <laughs> um, the the question the album is called the question okay. the question is is where were you when comma and then the title of the song finishes the question for every every song for every song so each song is a different question where were you when and I blah, will blah, blah. say a lot of the albums you listen to like a lot of the metal and like stuff like that do have um, very purposeful track lists in the way they list the songs or title the songs or a lot of them have like a flow from song to song of the, how the titles connect to one another or tell a story in and amongst themselves aside from the songs. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, that's interesting. I've never really seen that in any other genre. It, that's one of the things that I, that really drew me to it was that kind of stuff yeah, as a musician detail. and an artist, like mm-hmm. that kind of detail. So the question is, is where were you when I was so cold I could see my breath? Where were you when I was playing with fire? When were you when I was studying politics? Like, that's that's how it goes. Um, but fantastic album. Actually, one of them is uh, Where Were You When I Was Listening to Freddie Mercury, hmm. which is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, but a fantastic album, and it's actually an album that I, um, the memories I have of this album are riding in the car with Jared the summer it came out in 2005 in his car, because that's like one of the only albums he had playing that summer was that album. Nice. Um, All right. So the next album anniversary, we're going back 30 years. Tuesday Night Music Club, Sheryl Crow. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. That feels like... All I want to do is have some fun. That feels like 100 years. Doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. She doesn't... Does she still do music? Uh, yes, but it's more country now, but okay. yeah, she still puts out albums. As you know, once my interest is a little lost, I assume they're, do- they're done on their end. But and yeah. I have found that is not the case. But yeah, all I want to do is have some fun, man. That song was everywhere when I was I, 13. Yes, that was a great song. I'd be interested to hear some of her newer stuff. I've listened to some of her country albums. They're actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. I like them. I mean, yeah. it, you, if you listen to Tuesday Night Music Club and you yeah. listen to her country album, like it's her. Like there's not really any big difference there it's 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 how music genres have changed like we've talked about before yeah yeah, yeah. i mean it's still rock um but you could take stuff off of that uh off of that album and say that it could land in the country's realm yeah. as well i mean like she was in nashville uh i believe she recorded it in nashville and that sort of thing um but in 1993 you know nashville had more than just country yeah for sure um so yeah uh, another band, 1997, 26 years old, 311, Transistor. Well, I mentioned Jared earlier. Okay. I know this is Jared's favorite album by Transistor. Uh, this is an album that I didn't know at the time because I didn't listen to it in 97. I didn't hear about it until I became friends with Jared in like 2002. Um, if you have a CD of this or you have a CD player, you can put it in, and on the first track you can hit rewind, and there's a pre-track 
I've never even heard of that. Yes. It's a pre-track. There's an instrumental track you rewind. I think it's like a minute and a half, and it's a full intro into the very first song. That's cr- I've literally never heard of that. I often yeah. wonder how many albums 311 and Zayo must have because oh, man. I feel like every it's one or the other. Uh, Zayo does not have as many albums as 311. 311 has a lot of albums. Um, if you want a second, I can tell you the difference. We can we can cl- we can circle this in the next episode and <laughs> let them know. Um, and then last up on the album anniversaries, uh, oh, well, uh, as far as Transistor goes, that's where uh, Beautiful Disaster is. So if oh, I know that one. That's the one with the du- yeah. dual guitar lead. Yeah. Um, that cool. is heavily, in my opinion, I feel like influenced by some uh, Almond Brothers. That's what I hear when I hear it. It's it's got like a well, that kind of intrigues me a little bit. It's got like a um, surfer vibe to it, but when you listen to it, it sounds like you're listening to old Almond Brothers. That's what they did. They did dual guitar solos all the time with that kind of stuff. Um, Can I ask a question real quick? Is our dog like whining for attention? She sure is. Okay, I couldn't. I'm like I'm hearing something in my headphones. Yep. <laughs> okay. Yep, that's her. Uh, so yeah, uh, stealing happy hours, uh, light years, electricity, beautiful disaster. Nice, great album. I love it. It's a good vibe. Um, but if you ever, if you know Jared, talk to him about Transistor. That dude will tell you all kinds of stuff about it. You don't even know as far as music nuances and things. Like it's, it's one he's listened to the most. Nice. Um, last up is a singer songwriter that we both like that I introduced just to, um, and we have both seen together. Um, his third EP called Family, Noah Gunderson. I knew it was going to be Noah Gunderson. I received a Noah Gunderson tank top for my birthday. Yeah. Yes. Um, I was going to say, let me guess. And then if I was wrong, I was going to be disappointed, so I didn't say it. I discovered Noah Gunderson. This album came out in 2011. Um, I was watching uh, The Following, if everybody remembers that show mm. with Kevin Bacon. I want to watch that. I, I watched like the first couple episodes. The second season, you'll like it because it's fully, it's it's a whole cult thing. And I, I know, know how you like cult stuff. But the the end of that first episode was traumatizing and I wasn't ready for it. Yeah, it, it it's it's it, cr- it, it it's crazy. Me. The second season gets even more intense. Like it's nuts. They got a guy who plays twin brothers and I didn't know that it, it was the same guy. Like it's wicked cool, man. They do some good stuff. But anyways, um. When I was watching that second season, I heard a song that I liked, um, and I and I did a Shazam of it or whatever, or Soundhound or whatever it was, and it turned out to be a song called David by a guy named Noah Gunderson, and I was like, all right, this is really cool, and I went and got that EP, which is called Family, so it's nice. only like seven songs. He's good. He's a good songwriter. He I- has such good songwriting. I like Shazam and stuff like that for the moment. There's a lot of artists I have found by hearing a song on a soundtrack of one of my procedurals or a show or whatever. And I've listened to their whole album and became hooked on them. And I think that's cool because back in the day, you would have just heard the and been like, oh, that sounds like a cool song and would have no idea who it is or how to find it or like whatever. Or or hope they release a soundtrack yeah. in which you see it. And now you just hit Soundhound and you can hear it. Exactly. Um, I'm trying to look for what is my. Yeah, here we go. Um, so be good with what you're given for it's all you have to give. We are only 
Passing Shadows in the Mighty Wind. Good. That's nice. That's from his song called Honest Songs on the Family EP. I cannot recommend to people enough to listen to that album. It's seven songs. It's You'll be through it in about a half hour. Just yeah. I, fantastic songwriting. Some of the best songwriting of of our generation is Noah Gunderson. The dude is insanely in tune with life. Yeah. And and where it, where importance is and that album is about family and it's it's so cool, man. It's such a, such a good album. But that's what got me started on Noah Gunderson. I went back after that and I was like, all right, he's got two other EPs and uh, another album after like this, you know, came out a long time ago. Like I got to get all this stuff and so I just started buying everything. Um but nice. He was good in concert too. Yeah. He he's a his lyrics are very thought provoking. That is that yeah. is for sure. You can tell that guy's been through a lot of stuff touring. Um he's just lived a lot of life and I you know, he's like I don't know, 10 years younger than me. Um but man, he's that dude's lived a lot of life. Yeah. So, highly recommend that album. But that's uh that's it for fam- uh, for album anniversaries. Cool. Thank you, Steven. Yeah. All right, we got a little bit of entertainment for you. I don't know where our time is at right now, so uh we're we're doing good. We're okay. doing good. Um so uh we got entertainment and I wanted to hit real quick our uh, uh the NXT pay-per-view that I watched last night. Um NXT is normally in Orlando in the uh training center for the WWE, so they're generally in front of just a small audience of a couple hundred people um uh, every Tuesday night and you know they film a lot of stuff and then air them each week you know that sort of thing it's not yeah. always live so for a pay-per-view here the last couple of times they've had a pay-per-view they are traveling to another city and in this particular occasion they went to Cedar Park Texas and they put on a show like that crowd was into it from the from the moment they came on man yeah. it was that that crowd was ready for them which was good i i like to see them be successful. I, I like NXT. It's still, it's still arguably my favorite full show to watch every week is NXT. Uh, I, it's just a real, it's a wrestling show. It's like an old school wrestling show. Like it's run by Shawn Michaels. Like he knows what he's doing. Yeah. But anyhow, um, they had, uh, I won't hit every match, but I want to hit a couple. Uh, they cl- crowned uh, new tag champs last night uh, with uh, Tony D'Angelo and Stax. Uh, they beat the Gallus boys, and this story's been a little wonky. Tony going to prison and stuff like that, and or going to jail, and might have to go to prison. Weird, wacky story. He's like a stereotypical Italian is his gimmick, and yep. he's always wearing like velour track suits. Yeah. And so last night he had just quote unquote gotten out of prison, and so he had on an orange velour tracksuit with his prison number down his leg. I was like, <laughs> is this? It was funny. Yeah, it was. It good. was funny. Um, but yeah, attention to detail, but yeah, so those guys fought, uh, the Gallus boys and man, the Gallus boys are, are, are three guys from, uh, I believe they're from Scotland and, uh, they don't mess around. Yeah. You like them. You've talked about them. They, they are strong style. Um, it's fantastic. I, I like those guys a lot. Uh, Wolfgang. Uh, one of the members is covered in tattoos, a lot of which are comic book tattoos. So I also like that. That's pretty cool. But he owns a bar as well. And if we ever go 
uh, over there into the UK, I want to go to his bar because I think that'd be cool as hell. Put that on our list. Yep. Uh, but anyway, so that was a good match, a uh, real physical match. Uh, they did a Weapons Wild match between Blair Davenport and Roxanne Perez. And I, you don't see in wrestling, you don't always see uh, interaction with the fans during a match. But Blair Davenport made Roxanne Perez's little sister in the front row ball her eyes out. And I was laughing so hard. It was so good. And the thing is, is that Jess has told her story on the podcast of her dad wrestling and her seeing her dad bleed when she was a little kid. She's talked about that on the podcast before. And I had Jess come in and I was like, look, look at the, watch this. And this girl's crying and then Jess walks out of the room. It's like, ah, she'll be better for it. Yeah, she'll be all right. <laughs> no problem. She'll be fine. So I had to call her dad and I was like, I can't text you this. I have to tell you. <laughs> and then him and I are laughing about it. So Jess was like, ah, she'll be better for it. No big deal. Yeah, she'll but, be fine. Uh, man, what a great match they had. Very physical match. Who was won that? Cool. I don't uh, know. Roxanne won. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, that's that's been the whole thing is that Blair Davenport's been attacking her and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, Roxanne Perez got the, got the better of her. Um, Tiffany Stratton uh, kept her title last night because uh, against Thea Hale because uh, Andre Chase threw in the towel, which I'd never seen anybody throw in a towel probably since the 80s. That was weird. Don't, I still don't know what they're doing with that. Um. Dirty Dom, Dominic Mysterio, uh, successfully defended his North American Championship from Wesley and Mustafa Ali. I think Mustafa successfully, <laughs> um, his mommy, Rhea Ripley, cheated oh. for him at every turn. Oh, my gosh. Your dad texted me, and he was like, I love Dominic Mysterio. Like, that's your dad's it's favorite so thing right now. It's so funny, because when he was a baby face, and he was, like, wrestling with his dad, Rey it was Mysterio. Awful. He was awful. I was like, he's never going to be good. He's terrible. They turned him heel. They gave him this gimmick, and he is great. He's probably one of the biggest heels in wrestling right now. Like yes. the boom of boos. I've never heard anyone boo anyone recently. I've never heard booed as bad as he gets booed. You can almost not hear him in the mic. He's yes. getting booed so bad. Oh yeah. As soon as he starts to talk, he goes, "Well, what?" And it's just thunderous yeah. boos. Yeah. Like they try to drown him out. It's so funny. Um, but yeah, so that was good. And then the main event was uh, Carmelo Hayes and Ilya Dragunov. And those two guys, my gosh, man. Uh, just the physicality, the storytelling, um, even uh, Trick on the outside uh, cheering on Melo. And at one point he goes over and he gets uh, Melo's title from the title the person who holds the title during the match went and got it from him and put it in Mello's face. And it was like, this is what you're fighting for. Like, what are you doing? Like put, take this guy out. Like this, like, do you want to lose this? Like, and I was like, Oh man, that's like very rarely do you see a manager outside of like Paul Heyman Just motivating, motivating the person. And yeah. I, and I thought that was really cool. Um, but yes, Carmelo Hayes won. Was it, that was the main event match. Yeah. yeah. That Went a little past 10 p.m. for this scale, so these yeah. two girls had to put themselves to bed before the show ended. But, <laughs> but yeah, man, uh, definitely the best match on the card. Uh, man, so much fun. And uh, I'll go back and say this much. Uh, Wesley, in his match with Dominic Mysterio. Acrobatic. Man, that guy is insanely in talent. <laughs> yes, he can fly. 
Yeah. Um, I cannot wait till he gets to the main roster and has a match with Ricochet. Yeah. Like that needs to be one of the first things they do is put him in a feud with Ricochet because those two guys will absolutely blow the roof off of what they can do. Yeah. It's it's crazy how talented they both are. But yeah, uh, good show from NXT. So nice. That's so it. we have about. We're doing shows today for entertainment. We have about eight shows. I do not believe we're going to get through all of them. So So I'm going to split it four and four. I'm going to let you pick what we talk about. Okay, Because I went a little long on NXT, admittedly. So you pick what I got. I got the list. I'm just cutting them in half. So I got the list. You take um, the pick. I'm doing the Audible, the one I just wrote to you, because we completely forgot. We finally, very late, I think the show ended in... The spring? Yeah. We just finished Ted Lasso. Man. I'm going to tell you guys, Ted Lasso for me, I, my final thought is two thumbs up. Season one was epic. Yep. Season two was pretty good. Yeah. Season three, the beginning, I literally thought was god awful. Yep. And it it turned around midway through and, t- and ended in Ted Lasso fashion with like callback to season one greatness. Yeah. Um, I would say. The first season of the show was the best season of television I've seen in more than 10 years. I mean, literally, and it w- I was like, I didn't know, like, and everyone's like, Ted Lasso was the show you didn't know you needed. Like, I didn't know I needed the show in my life. It's uplifting. It's real. It's funny. It's serious. It's... Yeah. It was just amazing, that first season. There's a lot of just basic, small little antidotes yes. for life. Um, like it's, it's fantastic. There's scenes I've gone back and just rewatched just the scene. If you guys don't know, it stars Jason Sudeikis as Ted Lasso and Ted Lasso is one of those characters where in the finale, I was like, that is Jason Sudeikis, isn't it? Like I completely forgot who the actor was and who was playing Ted Lasso. You strap a mustache on Jason Sudeikis and it's no Jason no more. Yeah. Like it was, it was great. I thought the finale was great. I wanted something to be different i want it well i mean i'm sure everyone has seen this by now yeah or no i don't know um uh, okay no we won't spoil anything because we want to recommend these shows to you so we're just going to talk about them yeah there was something in the end that i wanted to be different but that was just me being like selfish and i wanted it different the show actually ends the way the show should end yes but as a viewer i'm like no i don't want that to happen but it should have and i'm glad it did uh, the guy who plays Roy Kent, uh, Brett Goldstein, is yeah. one of the writers. Uh, fantastic. Uh, can't can't talk about the show without talking about Hannah uh, Waddingham. Yeah, she's fantastic, amazing, absolutely amazing. Like I want to be her friend, or at least Rebecca. Rebecca is her character. I want to be Rebecca's friend. I'm I'm gonna say this because we we live in a society, and eventually we will talk about this as a topic after we see Barbie. Uh, but we live in a society where uh, women have to look a certain way all the time. And uh, Rebecca in Ted Lasso looks amazing the entire time as a powerfully strong woman. Yeah. And I think that they purposely put it that way to show society that women can be strong in business and can take over things in business. Women and, are strong. And like it's. There's nothing there's nothing wrong there. It should be happening. 
and, uh, and yeah. I, I like that a lot. Also, uh, Juno Temple playing Keeley. I was just going to say, Keeley was thing. amazing. Keeley was a wonderful character. I think the thing is, there were there were some things in this last season that I was like, oh my gosh, this is so stupid. This is so stereotypical. Why are they throwing all this extra stuff in in the last season? I mean, it took us so long to watch it because I didn't want to watch it. When we started season three, I hated the first episode. I hated like the first half of the season. I felt like the first half of the season, they had a perfect balance of absolutely crap and great storytelling. So the only thing that kept me going were the pockets of old school season one Ted Lasso amidst the crap I didn't like. The the best part of season three for me uh, was... Rebecca and Keeley's relationship. Oh my gosh! Um, I think that their relationship throughout the three seasons, because um, the show is officially over now, um, and based on the way it ended, it's it's over. Oh yeah. Um, but I think Rebecca and Keeley's relationship was one of the coolest things I've seen on television. Oh, yeah. um, it evolved in a way um, they were they literally are the best type of friends to each other and the best example of what you should be to your friends. Yes. Um, And and I think that was really cool. The other thing I liked a lot out of season three was Roy Kent and Jamie Tart there. Yeah. Those two guys have a serious character growth throughout season three. Jamie Tart in specific is a, has a character growth throughout the entire show, but his character in season three forces Roy to finally look at himself. Yeah. And man, what great story writing that was. Like, I, I loved everything about it. Coach Beard, hilarious. Yep, he's great. Um, Sam, Everybody Colin, uh, all great. Leslie, Leslie, Higgins. like, that's uh, Jeremy Swift. Fantastic comedic timing. Um, and also, I would say that uh, the guy who played uh, Trent, was fantastic as well, which I don't see him. He's on the next page for uh, IMDb where I'm at on my computer. Um, I don't see that guy's name, but uh, the guy who played Trent, and he he had a fantastic character growth as well in the yeah. third season that I really enjoyed. Um, but yeah, this season one was the type of show that I had never seen before and didn't know I needed. Nope. Season two was only a quarter of a step below it. In my opinion, um, season three, as she said, it faltered big time. The first five episodes, I was just like, this is rough to watch, man. Yeah. There are some there are characters now that I absolutely like hate with a passion and don't understand why they're on my show and messing up my show in its last season in its last season. Um, but everything came around. It like did. It, it came it's around. worth it. It's it's worth it. If you make it through yes. the first two seasons, just trudge through the first half of season three and it'll be good. It's worth it. Yeah. And, and don't skip the episodes. You need the story. Yeah, for sure. Um, but uh, there's there's a character that's only there for a small arc of episodes. And once that character is gone, the show goes back to being what it yeah, was. Yeah, don't worry. He's <laughs> gone at some point. <laughs> yeah. But we've got a unanimous four thumbs up. Yes. From if we can just absolutely, say. I'll, I'll probably rewatch Ted Lasso. I yeah, I probably do. will at least season one. Yeah. Um. Next up, we have a little gem I just randomly found on Max. I guess HBO Max, whatever. Yep. Called Somebody Somewhere, starring Bridget Everett. Yep. This show, you talk about a show you didn't know you needed. I adore this show. I absolutely adore it. It has two seasons. We just found it this summer. 
It takes place in Kansas. It's about Bridget Everett's character coming home after her coming home and being with her sister as her sister is dying from cancer and the repercussions of that for her life and her family and her friends and the type of life she lives. And it's just sweet and heartwarming and ridiculous. And like, it feels genuinely like honest and raw. Yeah. Would you? I mean, it starts after her sister has passed, but but it's, it's the fallout from that, uh, from her being back home. I have to say uh, my favorite character on this show is not the lead. My favorite character is Fred. Fred, played by I, Murray Hill. I, I, I want to be friends with Murray Hill. I want Hill. to be friends with Fred. I, I want, want to be friends with Fred, but I want to meet Murray Hill because yeah. Murray Hill is so cool. He just he portrays that character so genuinely, and yep. so he's so kind and funny, and just like this is me, and I love me, and I love life, and I like he's just so just great like he's got this he's a teacher at the college and he's got this big van that he sort of like pimps out for like i don't think it's retaliating (laughs) i'm really not sure but it's for the kansas university and yeah he'll take them out they went out for like a bachelor party or whatever and i'm like i just want him to come pick me up in this van and we'll like go cruising oh my gosh yeah uh fred was the best uh uh, bridget everett as sam uh amazing fantastic comedic timing it's just it's just Brilliant. very real. It's like you feel like these people could be your friends or you could know them. Yep. And like I'm hoping it gets a third season. Another great character is Jeff Hiller. Yep. As oh Joel. my god, Joel. Joel is so amazing. Like this show yep. is just so good. I love it. Um there's there's interesting dynamic that I like in this show um that is relationships. Yeah. I like complicated um messy yep. relationships when I watch shows and that's what this show is. It's and all about having messy family relationships. Yep. And real. It Sam, makes it real. Yeah. And Sam and Trisha her sister, have, her her sister, sister. have legit family issues. Yeah. From the way they were raised, from what happened with their sister, from the way their mother is, from the way their father is, like a whole whole thing. And like Man, just the a lot of shows when characters get into an argument, they'll either do one thing. Either one, that argument will happen, and like This Is Us, it'll be two seasons before those two characters yeah. resolve it, or they'll resolve it in the same episode. I like that this show, they got into an argument, and some things are just not resolvable, but you're family, so you stick together. Yeah. And that's what happens. They're yeah. still on opposite sides, but they still love each other and have to be there for each other and have to take care of their parents and have to take care of things. Yes. And I liked that yeah, dynamic it felt of like, real. it's like, yeah, I don't like you right now, but we have to do this for mom. Yeah. And it's hilarious as well. Oh, man, it's hilarious. So Bridget funny. Everett is a comedian. Yes. Um, and, and a fantastic singer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was shocked. Not yes. shocked. Like, I guess she could, you know, who, but I didn't expect it. There, had no idea no. what I was getting. And yeah. then she sings. Is it in that first episode or second episode mm-hmm. that we hear her, that she One finally of the two. sings? It's the first or the second. And Joel is fantastic at piano and singing as yeah. well. Um, it's a great show. I highly recommend show. it. I definitely watch it. Yep, for sure. Um, in another turn, a different sort of genre, The Night Agent. 
on yep. Netflix is more of like a suspense show. It's about an FBI agent who works in the basement of the White House, like on high guard to answer like a phone that never rings. And if this phone rings, like there's some real stuff going down. Yep. Um, I really enjoyed this show. I honestly did. And one of the things I really liked about it was that I didn't really know much of the cast. So as opposed to like, a, and, and the guy that plays the FBI agent isn't like that big, tough, weathered, I can do anything FBI agent guy. He's literally like sometimes not sure of himself, doesn't have that much experience, is figuring stuff out, played by Gabriel Basso. Yep. I've never seen him in anything. And the main girl is played by Lucianne Buchanan. She's also fantastic and not a stereotypical role at all. I, I, I'll bring this back to Ted Lasso. We talked about Rebecca and Keeley being yeah. strong female characters. Yep. Rose Larkin is a strong female character. She's not a damsel in distress. Right. She doesn't do stereotypical things that they write in television. Yep. That's really easy to do. Um, they make her a complicated character. They make her ask the questions. There were, Jess and I are sitting on the couch. We binged it in one day or two days and she would say to me something and she'd be like, Oh man, why isn't somebody asking? And then literally within seconds, Rose would be like, yep. so why is this and this? And there were a lot of times where I was like, Oh, that was nice to see her act like this and not like what would normally be like stereotypical. So yep. I recommended it. it is going to get a second season. I referred it to my mom and my aunt who both loved it. So yeah, I'm on, I'm on a roll. Fantastic. Uh, DB Woodside shows up in this as well and he has a fantastic little arc uh it, it, his character i haven't seen him in anything in a very long time yeah. so i i liked i liked his role in this he as had well a little, he has a small role on my lone star 911 lone star okay yeah so yeah. everybody you know watch that too cool <laughs> um and then the woman who plays uh chelsea uh is man she was Who's chelsea you want uh the Peter's boss, the he the head lady for the White House. Diane was that Diane? Oh yes, Diane Farr. Yes, that was Diane Farr. Man, she was a strong character. Sorry, yeah. I didn't mean I didn't. I'm looking at a list of characters. They didn't put them in order of, of uh -huh. main cast. It's just it's alphabetical. Uh, but yes, Diane Farr, fantastically. Oh, she strong. was great. She yeah. was a very once again not a typical thing. Nope, um, not at all. And I, I appreciate that. Like I'm. I've watched enough TV in my life that as a viewer, I don't like to see the same typical things out yeah. of characters. And I felt like in this show, specifically with the women, we got some stuff that you don't typically get for women. And, and I, I liked it. I watch a lot of procedurals and I predict a lot of things. So I did predict some stuff that I think maybe some people wouldn't have because Stephen didn't. Yeah. But we were watching an episode of Castle last night and I predict something <laughs> and Stephen's like, all right, this is enough now. You watch too much of this stuff. Keep your mouth shut over there. <laughs> but yep. yeah, so the night agent is great. And to round it off, keeping in that sh same genre, but just blowing it out of the water is Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan, starring Jim Krasinski. That show had four seasons. John Krasinski. <laughs> Jim on The Office. Jim from The Office. <laughs> Jim Halpert. John <laughs> Halpert, Jim Krasinski. Um, that show had four seasons, and it just finished in June. Just phenomenal. Um, just such a good show. I appreciated the fact that season three was last year um, in, like... I want to say it was in 
August or September, maybe even later than that. And then right now. And then we got December of twenty two. And so then, and then we got this one in June. June. Well, I, that's because they I filmed them that. together, and I liked that they did. And they didn't tell anybody until they got on the press junket, and and somebody asked John Krasinski when they because they were like, "You guys have been renewed for another season," and he's like, "Well." Uh, you know, we were waiting until the, the press junket to let the cat out of the bag, but we've already filmed season four and it will be the final season and it's going to come out in less than a year. And people were just like, wait, what? Because this show is so good. It is. And each season is its own storyline, CIA related. Yep. There was something that happened in season one that just sort of, I felt for me, just like flittered away and they never talked about it. And I do get it back in season four. And I was like, yes. Yep. Um, I don't love the way season four opened, but I loved it. It yeah. was so good. And we watched that in one day as we well because it was only because six episodes. You are for neurotic. The yeah. I like it. So you each, get hooked. I like binging stuff. I know um, you do. Wendell Pierce, Michael Amazing. Kelly, Abby Cornish. All fantastic. I love um, Wendell Pierce and Michael Kelly. Like, I would like to see him in more stuff. Uh, Numi Rapis is in season three, I think. Yeah. Um, but the dynamic between John Krasinski and Wendell Pierce is absolutely stellar. Yeah, And excellent. Michael Kelly. You put the three of those guys in a room, and they're, there's nuances by the time you get to season four, there's a scene when they first see each other in season four. Who, and the three of them yeah. they get into a room. And, I, you know, they do other projects and stuff, but they're in season four of this show at this point. They yeah. know each other. Oh, for sure. And you can just tell the facial expressions to each other in the room and their nuances about the way they walk through the room. They're so comfortable with one another. Yeah. And I, that's another like small nuance that makes the show great. Um, For sure, is that they have chemistry and it's natural. Um, but uh, man, fantastic show! I, I will watch Jack Ryan again. That is an absolute certainty. Um, and I will probably just binge it. I'm thinking about binging it when I get done watching. Uh, uh, the witcher before i go to sleep every night i watch an episode of that and i'm thinking my next thing to watch is just going to be jack ryan and start from the beginning well and watch at that. least it won't keep me up i won't get hooked and stay up yeah too late because i've already seen it man so good i cannot recommend enough it's on prime folks 30 episodes each season is eight episodes but the last season is six episodes yeah very so, good so uh but yeah they they were done telling their story and i i, I can respect that I respect the fact that they were like, this is the end of our story. We're going to move on and do other things. Um, we're not going to write this into the ground and do 10 seasons of a show when we only want to do four. Yeah, so for sure. And I also appreciate the fact that the last season is six episodes and not eight, because that also tells me that they didn't want to stretch it out and try to, you know. Yeah, I think they did everything without having, any, having anything, like, wasted. Yeah, they didn't have anything wasted. Um, I... That is, I have a complaint about other shows um, that do that, where they have six or eight episodes, and they'll give us one episode that's 45 minutes, and then they'll give us an episode that's 30 minutes, and it's really annoying. So that's also a complaint about Ted Lasso Season 3, because the first two seasons were like half-hour-ish shows, and then every episode in Season 3 was an hour or over an hour, and 
it was there was it there was wasted stuff there was stuff they could have taken out completely and it wouldn't have affected anything and i the more stuff i watch which is a lot with you i (laughs) am like man that was a waste that was pointless yeah so i appreciate the fact that uh jack ryan at least knew when their time was up yeah agreed so. Yeah, these shows are great. We recommend all of them. Let us know if you've watched them or you're going to watch them. Let us know what you think. Um, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, WordPress, our website, if we can just say 918 at gmail.com. Um, yeah. Did you tell them to leave a comment? Leave a comment. Cool. Cool. I believe that's all we can say this week. Bye, y'all. We are testing. 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 We are testing.